Blog Talk Radio. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for all you do. And though our best isn't good enough, we come asking for forgiveness. You are like none other higher than the highest. So I ask that you fix that that needs fixing everywhere for everybody. Because you already know our needs. Fix them, Lord Jesus. And move in me, Lord, to help others understand your word on this talk show. I pray that you continue this growth and bless Blog Talk Radio naturally and spiritually. Lord, give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of what you want us to know. And I pray for those who seek your word to find you, Heavenly Father. Bless and watch over them in Jesus' name. Let them and everyone everywhere learn to depend on you. And those who have found you, strengthen us, Lord. Lead and guide us not into temptation, but help us to just walk away. Bless those, Lord, who are struggling and those not struggling. Today, Heavenly Father, for ourselves and others, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Before I start, let me again thank God for guiding me, and I pray for everyone's understanding of his word. And as always, I thank Brandy's place and Minister Joel Lewis for giving me this opportunity. I'm here three Wednesdays a month, 8 to 8.30 a.m., plus on Facebook, and peace, keep God first. You're welcome to join our group 24 hours with questions, answers, comments, recipes, jokes, and much more. Due to time on Blog Talk Radio, I will give you the outline of each chapter and comment on some verses. Now, let us get into our lesson. Our lesson comes from Second Thessalonians chapter 2. Our outline for this chapter is as follows. The apostle is very careful not to spread any more false rumors into which some of them had fallen, speaking of the Thessalonians, concerning the coming of Christ as being very near, verses 1 through 3. Then he proceeds to confront the error he cautioned them against by telling them of two events that were the coming of the Christ before the coming of the Christ was a general apostasy and the revelation of the Antichrist. And the apostle tells them many remarkable things about the Antichrist. In verses 4 through 12, he then comforts them against the terror of this apostasy, and he exhorts them to steadfastness in verse 13 through 15. And he concludes with a prayer for them 
verses 16 and 17. This was a big mix-up to them of the coming of Christ or Judgment Day. So Paul is writing, letting them know that Judgment Day is not near, that there is a misunderstanding and there is no need to be afraid. It's just another false rumor. This is another reason that we need to study God's word so we know the truth. If these mighty Thessalonians became afraid, who were God's chosen people rooted in his word, imagine what we would be like in their shoes. But for whatever reason, some of them pretended that they had the knowledge or the prophecy of uh, his personal revelation with the Spirit or from some words that they heard from the apostle when he was with them or some letters he had written or they pretended that he had written to them or to some other person and that other person told them. So you can see why the Apostle Paul is careful about what he said. So the apostle is careful to rectify this mistake, and he wants to prevent the spreading of more rumors of false teachings because some of them had fallen from grace, and they had been led astray by the false teachings. These Thessalonians saying that the day of the Lord, the coming of Christ, was very near. And some were saying that it had already come, and some were saying that it had already gone. But Paul taught them, come, not came and gone, but their minds had started to wonder, and they scared the Thessalonians. So Paul is writing them one more time, clearing up the coming of Christ. Now we know from... First and Second Thessalonians, that there was a great love between God, Paul, and the Thessalonians. And one thing for sure that Paul was not going to do, he was not going to leave them being deceived. He loved them too much, and they loved him. They were products of God's grace, and God blessed them all. They lived comfortably in peace. They had all the things needed. They were the perfect examples of Christians. They had salvation and they trusted and believed in Jesus Christ through the Father uh, while the Holy Spirit abided in them. He made, or God made the Thessalonians famous to many people and places to edify his holy name so that people may worship God Almighty and live and not worship idol gods and die in the everlasting lake of fire on judgment day. So Paul wrote and told them that he had explained them this to them before about the coming of Christ, which none of us know our time of death nor the coming of Christ. So he writes, giving them two great events that would happen before the coming of Christ. One was a general uh, apostasy, 
and the other one was the revelation of the Antichrist. None of these had taken place yet, Paul writes to them, that judgment isn't coming yet or gone. The apostle then begins to refresh their memories and start telling them really uh, many remarkable things about the apostasy, uh, which is the departure or the rapture, and about the Antichrist and the Antichrist's name and his character, the Antichrist's rise and fall, his reign and the sin and the ruin of his subjects in verses 4 through 12. In 7 Thessalonians 2 and 3, Paul is pointing to a particular type of departure known to the Thessalonian church. The departure that Paul previously referred to was our being gathered to him in verse 1 and being caught up with the Lord and the ruptured in the clouds, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7. The departure was something that Paul and his readers clearly had a mutual understanding about. Whatever Paul is referring to in his references to the departure of the apostasy was something that both the Thessalonians believed, and he had discussed it fully with them when he was among them. But since he's locked up and he can't get to them, so he writes this to them, and he writes it all over again. That was a lot of writing. Paul says in verse 5, he asked them, don't y'all remember that when I was with you, that I was telling you these things? But when Paul heard what was going on, he went to their rescue by writing them. Because this had confused them. Because Paul offered great hope in the first letter of a departure to be with Christ and a rescue from God's wrath. Now, a letter proposing to be from Paul seems to say that they would first have to go through the day of the Lord. So Paul clarifies his prior teaching by emphasizing that they have no need to worry, that they could again be comfortable because the departure that he discussed in his first letter and in his teachings while he was with them, it was still the truth. So now that he's gotten them to understand that the apostles flips the script again, and he explains to them how the Antichrist would take his rise from his general apostasy or departure or rapture. The Antichrist in Second Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12, is the Antichrist who will come on the world scene at the beginning of the day of the Lord. This day, sometimes called the end time, which starts after the rapture of the church in 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. And Paul says that it is good to note that the day of the Lord is an extended period of time, 
that includes the seven-year tribulation. Uh, it includes the return of Christ to put down all rebellion against him. It includes the thousand-year reign of Christ on earth, which is the millennium. It includes the final death of Satan and the great white throne judgment. The Antichrist is given the title Man of Lawlessness because he will oppose in every way the biblical God and his law. He will be completely lawless. Daniel 7 speaks of this man as a boastful king who will try to change set times and laws, which is in verses 11 and 25. And Paul told them that this Antichrist will come offering a false peace to the world and will, with his charismatic personality, incredible promises, and breathtaking miracles, he's going to unite all nations politically, economically, religiously, and under his leadership. And at the same time, He's going to make a covenant with Israel for three and a half years, Daniel 9 and 27. Seven indicates seven years. In the middle of the seven years, the Antichrist will break his covenant with Israel and stop their sacrifices. And he's going to enter the temple to set himself up as God and demand worship. It's in Second Thessalonians 2 and 4. This is the domination that causes dissolution that Jesus spoke of in Mark 13 and 14. Now, Satan is going to work through the Antichrist by possessing and controlling the Antichrist. Satan is going to be worshipped in the temple where the biblical God is to be worshipped. No wonder the Antichrist is called the man of lawlessness. To act as God is the ultimate rejection of the biblical Bible, characters, and laws. This action of the Antichrist is going to cause a disruption in his worldwide kingdom, and it's going to, uh, forces from the east are going to gather together to fight against it. But instead of fighting against each other, all these forces against each other, the forces of the world unite to fight the king of kings and the lord of lords who comes to put down the Antichrist and all his allies, Satan and all his followers in the great battle of the Armageddon. Revelation 16 and 16, Revelation 19 and 19. And of course, the Antichrist loses the battle. He and his false prophets are being cast into the lake of fire. In Revelation 19 and 20, the word of God and Jesus Christ will be the victor. Revelations 19 and 13. A quick observation of the happiness in our world today reveals that lawlessness is on the rise and is going to continue to increase. And when the Antichrist appears on the scene, he'll be welcomed with open arms. Those who have rejected 
the true prince of peace, Jesus Christ, will fall for the Antichrist's empty promise of peace. It is vitally important to each of us that we are sure that we have accepted Jesus as our personal Savior and we're living for The Bible says, be on God, be alert. You don't know when that time will come. Mark 13 and 33. And Paul blessed the script. And he comforts them against the terror of this apostasy. And he exhorts them to steadfastness in verse 13 to 15. And Paul gives them encouragement. And he builds them up again. And he tells them things like to be steadfast with the Lord. Don't become weakened by what people say because there are always going to be false uh, teachers, prophets, preachers coming to deceive whoever they may. Even in our day and time, we see this. Those who don't believe in God will talk against God. People have the choice to believe or not believe God's words. Those who don't believe in God will probably follow the Antichrist. Plus, they will teach against the word of God. So Paul tells the famous Thessalonians to abide in him, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. 1 John 2, 27-28. And the Thessalonians are exalted to uh, steadfast in their Christian profession, to hold fast the traditions which they had been taught, the doctrine of the gospel, which had been delivered by the apostle by word or episcopal. And Paul concludes with a prayer for them in verse 16 and 17. And he's asking God for them that he would comfort their hearts and establish them in every good word and work. Verse 17, God had given them constellations, and Paul prayed that they may have more abundant constellations. There was good hope through grace that they would be preserved, and he prayed that they might be established through God. Paul says that comfort is a means of establishment. For the more pleasure that we take in the word and work and ways of God, the more likely that we should be to preserve with God. Our establishment in the ways of God is a likely means to comfort. I've given you a brief overview of chapter 2, but there's so much more to this, especially in verses 4 through 5. So go back and read it, get your commentary or your Bible study, and read the word. You will see the Roman church is in there that is associated with the Antichrist. There's a lot in there. If you wanted to read it, I was only giving you the basics of it today. This ends our Bible study. I pray God's word has shed some light on things for you. 